This is my Bible. It is word of truth. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can. I am a believer and not a doubter. I am a doer and not just a hearer. I'm humble before the Lord. I'm obedient to the Lord. I am mature in the Lord. I'm enthusiastic about the Lord. I know that. Faith comes by hearing. I know that. Faith comes by hearing. I know that. Faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the Word of God. Listen, we're going to get into the Word of God today. Let's go to our scripture. Let us go to our scripture. Our scripture will be coming out of 2 Timothy, the first chapter, 15 through 18 of the verses. I will be reading from the New Living Translation, so your word, your version may be read a little bit different than mine. And so here, here we go. It says, as you know, everyone from the province of Asia has deserted me, even Federalists, Hermogenes, may the Lord show special kindness to Onesiris and his family because he visited me and encouraged me. He was never ashamed of me because I was in chains. Verse 17. When he came to Rome, he searched everywhere until he found me. Verse 18. May the Lord show him special kindness on the day of Christ's return, and you know very well how helpful he was in Ephesus. You may be seated. I want to start off this morning, our, this is going to be a conversation, I know I'm going to do most of the talking, but you, you, you can talk back if you feel like it. Amen. And so what I want to do this morning, Sister Jesse, Major, and all of you that are here, I want to start off with a question. And that question is, what type of friend are you? Amen. Amen. I, I want you to ponder on that for a minute, because a, a lot of times we call a whole lot of people friends. And so I want to know if you were doing a self-evaluation. Y'all know what that is, right? Where you look at yourself, the question is, Will, what type of friend are you? If someone were to ask about you, what type of friend would they say? Oh, Brother Will. What type of friend are you? Now, I ask this question. God placed this on my heart. And I'm going to get a little bit off script, just a little bit, but, but, but we'll get back on it. Is that okay? Amen. The other day, about a month ago, a friend of mine, uh, she asked me a question. We just dialoguing. And she says, and I made the comment, I don't have many friends. Well, well. <laughs> and she said, why? And Major, I didn't even have the answer. I didn't know, but I knew that when I looked at the proper definition of friend, I don't know if I had. <sighs> so the question again is, what type of friend you are? Solomon, the wisest man in the Bible that ever lived outside of Jesus, right? Y'all know he wasn't wiser than Jesus. Nobody is wiser than Jesus, Brother Kurt, Brother Corey. But what they did is Solomon asked a question 
in the book of Proverbs. And y'all know the book of Proverbs, the 20th book in the Bible. And so in verse 20, chapter 6, he asked this question. I'm going to read two, two different versions, right? And, and, and I want you to follow me. I'll read it. But, you know, for, the, for those of you that take notes, Proverbs 26. I'm the first version I'm going to read is the English Standard Version. And here's what it says. Many a man proclaims his steadfast love, but a faithful man who can find. English Standard Version. Sister Ramathea. The New Living Translation reads as thus. Many will say they are loyal friends, but who can find one who is truly reliable? <laughs> He's asking a question. The wisest man in the Bible is saying, who can find a faith? A friend that is truly reliable. So y'all already figured out what I'm going to talk about, right? I done said it a few times. Today we're going to talk about the term friend. Why, Sister Torkin, do I feel compelled to talk about the term friend? Well, because I believe that is a term that it many uses very lightly. <laughs> Sister Lake, every time I turn around, that's my friend, that's my friend. Man, you got a lot of friends. Wait, why you got a lot of friends and, and, and L ain't got no friends? <laughs> they use it so lightly. And Facebook and, made, and, and social media and made this thing meaningless. Facebook friends. And, and you know what, Corey? Some of them guys, they, they, they boast out their chest and say, I got. Large, and I got, I got, I got 700 Facebook friends. I got a news flash for you. Those guys and gals that are on Facebook are not really your friends. Not when you look at the true definition of friend. So let me give you a definition. Let me give you a definition. The Hebrew word for friend is keva, which is from the root word to be connected or attached. Did y'all hear me? A true friend, <laughs> a true friend is connected or attached to you in some form or fashion. And even though it also says, I want to make sure you call that word connected and attached. Because a lot of times we, we, we skip over some, some major concepts. And so you need to understand that even though they may be connected or attached to you, there are various levels of connectivity and attachment. Oh. Hopefully I ain't getting too deep. See, you need to know that there's different levels because you may, you may make a, people may make a mistake to think that somebody's operating in this level when they're really operating in that level. Ah. You, you, you may 
think that this person is at the third level, but they see you at the first. So let's talk about, and, I, and the reason, and, 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 and I know I'm doing a lot of talking, I'm going to get to the Bible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I'm setting it up. Because everything we talk about, this dude in the Bible is going to go through. But he writes it so that his, that somebody can learn from it. And so, 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 so here, 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 here is the first level. The first level of connectivity or attachment is based on profitability. Ah, y'all, y'all, y'all didn't catch that, did you? Profitability. So, so let me further break that down. This is when people associate for a mutual usefulness. Y'all major, you're connected and associate because there's a mutual usefulness that brings you together. You got one purpose, you got a common goal, a common purpose, and so y'all are connected or attached. An example of that could be a coworker or a friend or a business partner. They, they, they connected, but it, 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 it's based on one thing, Cliff. One thing. We based our connectivity and our attachment on a common goal. <laughs> it's based on a common goal or success. It's all about the job. And you need to understand that there's some folks that you're connected to. It's all about the And if you're not careful, you think they're up this level, but it's all about the. It's all about the job. The second level of connectivity or attachment is based on pleasure. I'm, I'm going to keep it PG. It's this in this piece is based on feeling. You know what it is. I feel you. You feeling me? I appreciate you. You show value to me. It's based on feelings. How many of you know, but sometimes feelings. <laughs> When I no longer feel you. <laughs> when you no longer feel me, because we is based on pleasure. And when you don't please me no more. <laughs> when you don't please me no more, we're no longer friends. The third and highest level of connectivity is when the focus of the bond is based on the outward focus of doing for others. Y'all ain't, ain't no amen on that. 
You mean the focus of doing what's doing good for us? See, because if you go back to the pleasure one, Corey, it was what they call self-oriented. Y'all understand what self-oriented is? That means it's all about me. <laughs> if I don't feel you no more because it's all about me, I jet. <laughs> but this one is based, it's an outward focus, and it's based on what is good for the other. The purpose of this connection is that each person is helping. <laughs> when you got friends and you're a friend, y'all supposed to be helping each other to grow so that you and they can reach their full end. Listen, Willie, you, if you're my friend, you're supposed to be helping me and I'm supposed to be helping you so that we can be the best that God has called us. Ah, yes, they are connected or attached because they are faithful to the relationship. They are faithful to the relationship. They are faithful to the relationship. Let me slow down. As we prepare to dive into our text of 2 Timothy, chapter 1, 15 through 18, I want to ask two more questions. I believe these questions may aid you in your categorization, characterization of friends. The first question, and I want you to think about them both, is this. Have you ever experienced a significant crisis in your life? I mean, one that devastated you. I mean, when you got that news or when that situation happened, it, it, it brought you to your peace. I can answer that question whether you asked or not. Of course you have. We all have had a significant crisis in our lives. We will continue to have significant crises in our lives. Here's my second question. When you had your significant crisis, who showed up? When you was going through your moment, yeah. who was that? <laughs> I'm not going to ask, answer it for you, because we're going to see this same thing play out in the scripture. This man, will he had an expectation of some friends, and when he had a crisis, they showed them who they really were. They showed him what category that they were, but he had the improper expectation. So let's get to our biblical text. 
First Timothy, first chapter, second Timothy, first chapter, verses 15 through 18. So let me give you the background of this passage, right? The primary character in this text is Paul. He is an apostle and follower of Jesus Christ. Paul was in Asia Minor, uh, which is a province of Rome, modern-day Turkey now. Paul had been there for about three years, and he had immersed himself in the community. He was established. He had deep roots. He had made some serious connections. He had blessed some folks. He had poured into their lives. He had told them about the good news of Jesus Christ. He had done a lot of folk stuff for these folk, Will. A lot of stuff. I mean, he, I mean, he, 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 did, he did whatever he could to make these people. But in this text, Paul is facing the crisis of his life. Literally. Paul was standing on trial for a capital charge. He done caught a capital charge. <sighs> Y'all know I used to be a popo, right? In the military. And there's, there's degrees to charges. When you catch a capital, well, you in trouble. Capital calls can come can, can on call way up to a sentence of Sister Roman Theo, he done caught a charge, and they done charged. That's what they charge him for. Being an insurrection. <laughs> you know I ain't going to touch that. <laughs> I, I, ain't, I ain't here for that. He, he being an insurrectionist, he, he's been charged for being a disturber of the peace. He is conducting a riot, an uproar against the Roman government. How many of you know most governments don't play that? Especially not in Rome. So now he got a charge. So let's see what he says. That's the, just the back. So Paul experienced. See, when you go through experience, the best thing you can do, I think, is to share your experience with somebody else. Not because you just want to put your stuff out on the street, but you may, Myrna, help somebody avoid what you went through. See, I'm, I'm not a proponent of letting them find out for themselves. When I can tell you that if you do that, it may result in, I, 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 I'm just me, I, I believe in sharing. I don't believe, just because I got hurt, I don't, I don't believe I should let you. That's just, that's just, that's just me. So he writes this verses to his mentee, his protege, and his son in the ministry. Let, let, me, let me start right there. This is not in my notes, but I got a little bit of time. You need to be somebody's mentee. Let, let, me, let, me, phrase, let me rephrase this. You need to be somebody's mentor. And they should be your mentee. That's right. That's right. But you also need to be mentee. <laughs> you should have somebody that you allow to be able to speak into. That's right. 
the, the problem now, Sister uh, Talker, nobody wants to be mentored. <laughs> nobody, everybody want to do their own thing, Joshua. They don't want nobody telling them what to do. You need a mentor. A mentor is somebody that's just been along a little bit longer than you, and hopefully they acquire some wisdom. You got to get the right one. So here, so here's you. We we get to the we get to, to the piece. Paul writes this, sister, because I can see you you with me. He writes this so that Timothy won't have a twisted view on friendship. <laughs> Listen, hey, 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 this is what I went through, this is what I saw, but here's what you need to know. So, so, so verse 15, we're going to get there. And, I'm, and listen, you know me, I like to break it down. I'm, I was going to just read the whole thing, but I'm going to stop every now and then. Is that okay? But if you got your Bible, you'll be able to follow me. So here it goes. Here's what it says. Verse 15, the first couple of words, it says, as you know. Ah. He starts the conversation or, or the, the text. As obviously the word had gotten out what was happening to Paul. Most of the time when a person is going through a crisis, the word gets out. You know, people in general like to talk anyway, Will. I, I know we all want to act like we don't talk. We talk. Can we be real with ourselves? We talk. We especially talk when crisis situations are going on. It had gotten out. Paul, people we've established here about crisis. The question, Faye, that I want to ask, you know I ask rhetorical questions all the time, simply mean to make you keep thinking. When you hear about the crisis, when you hear about the crisis, what do you do when you hear? <laughs> Willie is suffering a serious crisis, you hear about it, you will and friend, what do you do? What do you do? Reading again, the same scripture. They, they're not putting it up on the screen, I don't think, but that's okay. 15, still verse 15. Everyone from the province, there you go, there you go, they with me now, y'all see that word, everyone? Everyone from the province of Asia has deserted me. Wow. Based on what I just read, it looks like when some folk hear about crisis, they bounce. When they hear what Sister Thelma, what you got on, oh Lord, have mercy. And instead of growing 
to that friend, they go in the opposite. They go in the other direction, Corey, when the people need them the They bounce. Now, I want you to understand that in this text, Paul is not saying everyone had deserted him. He was simply making it known that a substantial percentage of the people that he thought was with him, when they heard of the crisis, they left him. I believe they may have left him because of the stigma that was attached. To him. See, see, before the crisis, Paul had a great reputation. Everybody was loving him. Now he get in a little situation. And surely sometimes they'll say, it ain't my best interest to be with you. I'm your, I'm your friend, but I got to put some, I got to put some. I, 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 don't, I, don't know, I don't need nobody thinking that me and you tight right now. When you get your situation back under control, I, 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 I'll come back. Yeah, yeah. But not right now. Uh-huh. <laughs> if you can't be me right now, uh-huh. can, I, can I be real? If you can't be with me right now, nope. <laughs> that, that, that ain't scriptural. Now, I was just feeling that for one moment. I scratched that back. Take it back. Y'all know I'm real. And so here we see Paul, he, he's going through a significant piece. They left him because he had a stigma that was he had been charged. Now watch this. He had been charged and he left. He was not even convicted. But they left him. You know. I imagine, can I just make a real scenario? I'm just going to, I mean, it ain't real, but I'm going to make it up. You my partner. You my friend. And all of a sudden, I get arrested. I go, go to jail. They arrest me. You leave me then. I'm just sitting in jail. They charge me, but how do you know that a charge is not necessarily? Co- there are some people who profess to be friends who will leave you high and dry. Simply because they heard a rumor. Well, amen. <sighs> my car broke down. I'm here in Navarre. My car broke down. This is a hypothetical situation. Don't be writing this down. Say L did this. I'm on my way home. My car breaks down. I call my wife. She 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 sleep or whatever. So I'm not, I can't get there, so I, I go to a hotel. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, she said, oh, this is juicy. <laughs> so I, I go to a hotel because I ain't going to walk all the way home. Well. All of a sudden, 
I go in my hotel. Then I say, oh, man, I need a soda. So I go back out my door, and there's a, you know, soda machine out there. I, I don't know. I ain't been around. And all of a sudden, some woman come out of another door. <laughs> and she want a soda, too. <laughs> and you drive by and say, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> what did just happen? I saw Minister Latham. He died up at the, the Baymont Hotel. And you tell somebody. Next thing they know, King Wonder, I've been set down. Amen. Amen. Pastor said you can't preach for six weeks. All right. Based on your Amen. 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 Mr. Lady, I want you to know I would walk home. Watch this now. He said, even Phygeles and Hermogenes. Here will we see Paul call two of them by name. He said, a lot of them left me, but he calls two by name. I imagine he called them by name because he was shocked that they were part of the people who left. These men, see, you got to understand them too that he just called. They had been in the trenches with him. They had been serving and they, they, they've been in the trenches. They were his co-workers. Making things happen. Major. They left. It was no longer a pleasure to be around them right here. So they left him. Now watch what happened. See, normally when somebody do something for us, we don't drop names. Not in the neck, you know, I mean, you know, keep to yourself. But Paul decided to drop these two fellows' names. Watch, now, 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 now look at their legacy, these two fellows. Their name is only mentioned in the Bible One time, and, and the Bible, how many know the Bible is the greatest selling book of all? A lot of people read the Bible. Every time they read the Bible, they're going to look at your name and say, hey, that dude made the list because he left Paul's name. Amen. <laughs> Put yourself in that situation. Imagine. If you were there. And your reputation to your friends is, I can't count on Ken. When the stuff hit the fan, Kim ain't going to play. Just, you know, Kim, my friend Kim, she real friend. I'm just saying. See, most of us, Major, we know we have some people in our circle that will walk away from us. That's right, man. That's right. If they left. But there are some people in our lives that we'd be stunned, perplexed, 
appalled and upset if they left. Can I give you a real example? Yeah. Yeah. So Jesse is my dear friend. I'm putting it on blast street. So Jesse been in the trenches with me for since I got here. She matter, matter of fact, she still remember the day I joined Scribe. She in 1998. She said, I remember you walking up there, because you know back then they we used to carry briefcases. You know, big old hard briefcases. And she said, I knew you was a preacher because you walked in with a briefcase. You know, see, if y'all want to trick somebody, thinking that you, you know, you, maybe you're a preacher, get you a briefcase. <laughs> Down in Alabama, when I walked in there with a briefcase, I went to the front row. They brought, one time I was in there, this, this is going to make you laugh. I walked in there, Faith. They, they didn't know who I was, but because I had a briefcase, they sent me up there and they brought me some orange juice. <laughs> and my wife was sitting right next to me and they didn't give her none. <laughs> In fact, she said, how come they gave you some juice? And didn't give me none. Baby, did I share? Did I give you some? Yeah, I might have been thirsty that day, too. I, 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 didn't, I, I didn't. I didn't share that day. We're almost getting there. Now, verse 16, he names drop again. He says, may the Lord show special kindness to Onesiphorus and all his family. Here we see, as I said, Paul name drop again. But this time it's because of a good reason. We'll see that later. But not only does he name drop, he prays for this guy. He says, ask God to bless him and his family. See, a lot of times people don't realize in the Bible when they talk family, it ain't like what we talk about. You know, a lot of times you may assume family is just the people who live under your roof. See, but family in the Bible, it extended to anybody that you was in charge of caring for. I mean, and so you got to see the significance of this blessing. Well, he blessed this man. He talking about his grandchildren, great grandchildren. Yes, yes. The man of God prays for him. I, I, I hear the rain. I hear the rain. Now, why did Paul ask God to show special kindness to this one when he called the other ones out? Why, why do you think he did that? Well, it answers it in the question. This guy did not desert. Boy, it says, read here, it says, he often visited me and encouraged me. He often visited me and encouraged me. When he came, he brought something. When you go to someone in crisis, you need to bring. But look what he brought. He brought in. When persons are going through their life, they need to be in. They don't need you to show up with a hammer. Talking about, well, if you hadn't have done this, you shouldn't have been there. 
No, no, today ain't the time when, when, I, when I'm in a crisis. I don't want you talking about, hey, hell, that's your fault for you. Man, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here. I got a DI Chuck DUI. And you here to tell me you shouldn't have been drinking? You don't think I knew? <laughs> you don't think I knew that? But that ain't what I want to hear. That's not it. When a person is going through crisis, you need to end. And see, y'all need to understand something. It's called encouragement for a reason. Sometimes we got to put courage in folks. Y'all didn't catch that, did you? They're lacking courage, and you may have to be the person that come in and The suggestion, it's going to be all right. God still got your back. It's just a stumbling block. God still got you. Even, even, even when we make mistakes, God still got you. So you ain't got to jump off the roof. It, it, it's, it's not that bad. Oh, yeah, we're getting there. We're getting there. He says this. He was never ashamed of me because I was in shame. See, true friend, no matter what happened to you, they ain't ashamed to be your friend. <laughs> I had some friends that did some show no dumb stuff. But guess what? They steal my Because now I'm there to help them, encourage them, get through the dumb stuff they had. He said, they were not ashamed of me because of my shame. Well, See, you, you got to look like, you got to understand Paul's condition. We don't know whether he was in jail or under house arrest, but the boy was locked in chains. Can you imagine how embarrassing that is? Yeah. You at your house, or if you at your house, and I got to come by and visit you, and you got a chain. For you, it's probably embarrassing. He probably was ashamed. But his friend wasn't ashamed. He was never ashamed. And I want you to understand, as a friend, we have to be there. See, my question to you is, what chains are your friends facing that keeps you from being there for them? What chains are they having on them that keeps you from, could it be that, hey, sister girl now going through a marriage piece, we used to be couples, she going through something, and because she going through that, that's a chain that I can't. <laughs> what, what, what chain is keeping you from being there for Some a chain can be anxiety and worry. And you know, sometimes we say, hey man, I know they're going through that, but I ain't got time to spend 30 minutes listening to it. Major, I'm over here, got all this anxiety. All I need somebody to talk 
to come over here and listen to me, but you ain't got 30 To be there and listen to me, just get it off my chest. We're getting ready to close here. Verse 17. When he came to Rome, he searched everywhere till he found him. When he got there, when he came to Rome, he searched. See, see, you need to understand that sometimes when people are going through something, because you got to make sure... It didn't say that Paul sent for him. He said the, 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 the guy searched for him. See, sometimes when people are going in a crisis in their life, Will, they won't let you know. They're sitting there, they're suffering in silence. And as a good friend, you got to say, wait a minute, I ain't seen, as Pastor would say, Cousin Bobo in a while. So I need to call. And see, see, see the thing about a call, is sometimes when you call folks, you ask, how you doing, sister or brother? I ain't seen you in a while. I'm doing okay. And they lying through their teeth. They lying because that, that, that's the answer that we're accustomed to giving folks. I, 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 I once read a story, and I'll be real quick. These ladies had a friend they hadn't seen in a while. And they called him, and they called him, and, and she always would say, we're all right. Small. But they, could, they never could see her. So they said, hey, listen. They, went, they pulled a Sister Jessie and Sister Marv. They got together and went and saw Because <laughs> Sister Jessie and them, they, they, they do that. They go see people. Amen. And so when they got there, guess what they found out? The girl was in a mess. Yeah. She hadn't got out of bed in seven days. She was a mess physically, spiritually, and mentally. The house was a dump. <laughs> She's sitting here when they call Pam, I'm all right. And it's all jacked up. Tell the truth. Well, well, guess what these friends did? They put something in. They cooked for her. They cleaned the house. And they brought her back to a level where she could function. <sighs> Y'all see how important it is to be a good and loyal friend. Verse 18. Okay. Two minutes. Man, look at that. Man, I, I, I masterpiece this. I'm going to be on. May the Lord show him, and he just answers another prayer. Verse 18. May the Lord show him special kindness on the day of Christ's return. As you know very well how helpful he was in Ephesus. In other words, he said, hey, this dude was helpful to me. He asked God to bless him another time simply because he was helpful to him during his crisis time. In John 15, 13, Jesus himself endorses the importance of being a friend. He was talking to his disciple, and he said this, and I'm paraphrasing, I no longer call you servants. I call you friends. Jesus was present in the lives of his friends, and he showed up no matter the hardship of the same they experience. How many of you know, Major, he's still showing up <laughs> in the lives of his friends? My clothes. Listen, I know I talked a lot today. <laughs> That's what preachers do. <laughs> we talk. 
I gave you some definitions you probably won't remember. <laughs> I talked about levels of connectivity and you probably already forgot that. I talked about Paul and 2 Timothy and you, <sighs> I heard you say something about Jesus, but you gave me so much information I can't process it. So here's the big idea. The one thing that if you get this, you got the essence of what Christ is saying to you and I, is this. Friends are present in the lives of friends no matter the hardship or the challenge. That's it. That's it. Friends are there no matter the hardship or the shame. Friends are there when, 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 when Latham call you at 3 o'clock in the morning and say, my, my battery's done died, I'm down up in uh, Oakland. Oh, let's go far away. Let's go down. Way out in Milton. Major, my, my battery dies. Friends say, hey, this is a hardship, but I can get in my car. I'll be there in a minute. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. We're not being recorded now, but can I share, can I share a personal testimony? <clears throat> and I believe that's the reason God allowed me to, to, to talk about that subject. Right? I got some guys in my life that I consider friends. I do. I, I told them that. And I made some some. Verbal commitment. You know how you we make verbal commitment. But because of the hardship that I have, it ain't I'm gonna say hardship. A lot of time I just time is just killing me, Chris. <laughs> I mean sometimes I man, how in the world do you allow yourself to get so busy? <laughs> in fact, I was supposed to hit two of them up on Friday. We were going to go out and just chill. And I had to call and say, man, I can't do that. And God said, hey, listen, friends are present in the people's lives. You got to do something different with your schedule. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Sometimes I'm going to say no to some things <laughs> in order to be present in their lives. Let us pray. Dear God, we thank you for this opportunity to come together and to fellowship around your word, God. God, we believe, oh, Father God, that uh, your word has hit the mark, God, and we thank you for those who have been receptive to hearing it, God. But God, we pray, oh, Father God, not only that will they be receptive to hearing but they would also be receptive to doing, God. So we ask that you would bless them as they prepare to leave this place and never from your presence. In whose Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I got a few appeals, and appeals are simply uh, where you just give people opportunity. If you're here and uh, you've not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you would like to do so, uh, this is an opportunity. You just raise your hand and say, hey, I, 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 you know, I'm not, I'm not, truly confess him as my Lord and Savior. 
that's you, you raise your hand. I see no hand. My second appeal is this. Uh, maybe you're in the local area or outer area, you know, we're, we're doing that as well. And you would like to be a, 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 a member of Stein for Perfection Ministries, or Pastor Bowman is the pastor. If you would like to be a part of this ministry uh, and you're here, you, you can just raise your hand and we'll, we'll, we'll come in and, and, and take your information. And uh, we'll be, Pastor Bowman and the congregation will be so excited that you become a part of this local church family. Is that you? If there's anyone here, raise your hand. I see no hand. The last uh, thing I want to do is just, you know, and I've already done it, I've already prayed for you. If you got any specific requests, uh, you can call the office number. And if you're here, you can write it down and, and we'll get someone to pray with you. And so um, um, that concludes our piece here. And we'll go ahead and uh, transition to our next portion of the service. Amen. Let's give the Lord another hand and clap of praise.